0: and then I got a full-time job and we bought a house and I had a kid and then a couple years later I had another kid and then I raised those kids Mm -hmm. and did all the school activities and the boy scouts and the dance lessons and the taekwondo lessons and Mm -hmm. running around from activity to activity where by the time you collapse on the couch at night you can barely remember your own name right there's no way you're going to be able to actually think coherently to write
1: Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast and I am Yvonne Marchese, your host. This week I am talking to mystery writer Liz Milliron. So (laughs) we we did this interview way back in mid-May, which feels like a lifetime ago. I mean really, when I was listening back to this interview to edit it, I was completely blown away by how much has changed in the world since then. I mean, is it just me or are we in a massive time warp where life is going by freakishly fast? Anyway, I digress, as I tend to do, so let me tell you about Liz. She published her first novel at 45 and earned her second degree black belt after starting Taekwondo despite her bum knee when she was 38. She always knew she wanted to be a writer and loved writing mysteries, but life got in the way, as it does for so many of us, you know. It turns out Liz and I share a little something in common. Uh, It turns out getting laid off from our jobs was just the push we needed to step into doing the thing we really wanted to do. So I'm hoping that her story might bring a little hope to anyone who has lost their job due to this COVID pandemic. Maybe this is your moment. I think we all need a little push every now and again, don't we? Let's go. So thank you for being here with me today, first of all. Absolutely. So um, I just want to mention right off the bat how we met, um, because I was thinking about it before we got on the phone today, Um, having met you through Dana Kay. I just want to give her a shout out.
0: Dana is an amazing person. The rock star amazing. He is, right? Amazing. Knows yeah. a lot, very generous. Yeah. Gets all sorts of people together. It's yeah. Awesome. I would say for anybody
1: who is um just wanting to start a business and um much like myself, I'm a creative, uh mm-hmm. with no business experience necessarily, um, other than my my photography business. Um and and started looking at her and all of her branding advice um, beyond her public, you know, her her career right. as a book publicist. Um, she's so generous with her with what she offers out on her podcast. So I just want to give a shout out to her branding outside the box yeah. podcast. While and we're if talking.
0: you're and and she has done a lot of work. I mean, I met her through. I I can't afford to hire her as a publicist publicist. There. Mm-hmm. Nah. Um, but she does do a lot of work with authors and, um, really kind of is committed to, you don't have to be an author who sells three books, you know, you could actually sell a lot of your books and you need to market, you know, I learned a lot about her from branding myself as an author and what you do for promotions and how you put together a marketing plan, because, um, whether you're with a small press like I am, or whether you're with a big New York press, they're not doing that anymore. You have to do it yourself. Um, so, if anybody in your audience is an author and they're sitting there going, "Well, I don't know how to do all this publicity stuff," um, Dana is a place to start. Yeah. She's got a lot of information and a lot of encouragement.
1: Yeah, yeah. And are you part of um, her program? I know she offers. I know she offers the one-to-one publicity help, but are you part of her program where you kind of, you're,
0: yes. part of a membership the, your, group. Yeah, the year breakout book. Yeah. program that she offers i pay I, That's it. the, the you can pay by the month or you can pay by the year or what have you but yeah i am i'm i I'm, I'm a member of that group, which means I get access to a lot of her monthly trainings and resources and yeah stuff like that. very
1: cool very cool well um so what what intrigued me into talking to you is I love that you published your first book at forty five yes right is that the right age
0: uh <laughs> Thereabouts. That, right let's before. say it came out in, yeah, 19 or 19, oh, 2017, December 2017, the first book was published, and I was born in blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. 1973 to 2017. And
1: then I think you told me you Something started like that. that, yeah, that very book you actually
0: started when you were 24, right? I started not this particular book, but I started writing when I was twenty-four. Yes. Okay, gotcha. I was thinking that that the book that got published, the book that I was writing when I was twenty-four, will never be published, and that's probably a really good thing because it's not very good. Um, But I first put pen to paper or pixels to screen, however you want to call it, um, when I was twenty-four. So twenty-four years in the making, essentially. Yeah. So I was. Yeah, I was. I'm a. I'm a however many year overnight success story. (laughs) Yeah. I I love it. And, and what happened in the meantime? What was your, uh, life? Um, I, you know, when I first started the book, I'd just been married for a couple years and, um, we like thought we were still living in a tiny little apartment, Mm -hmm. like newlyweds apartment. Um, and then I got a full-time job, and we bought a house, and I had a kid, and then a couple years later, I had another kid, and then I raised those kids Mm -hmm. and did all the school activities and the Boy Scouts and the dance lessons and the Taekwondo lessons and (laughs) running around from activity to activity where by the time you collapse on the couch at night, you can barely remember your own name. Right. There's no way you're going to be able to actually think coherently to write. Um, And I, I just, I worked and I raised my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Until I wasn't working anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then what, ha- so what happened with that? Um, I got, I lost a job, my job in uh, 2011, in the spring of 2011. Um, and I was sitting around at that point, my kids were late elementary school. My daughter would have been 11. It's always easy to remember how old she is because she was born in, tw- in 2000. Um, so, she was about 11. She was going to be 11. My son was going to be nine. And I thought, well, now what am I going to do? Because we sent them to private school and we still have the tuition. Mm -hmm. And my husband said, well, why don't you take the summer off? You've you've always worked. You've always worked. And we crunched the numbers and said, you know, we can do it if you collect unemployment for a few months Mm -hmm. and um, take the summer off, finish your book, see what happens. Mm -hmm. So I did. Um, I care, you know, they did swim lessons in the summer and I carried my laptop down to the pool. And while they did swim practice, I wrote, Wow. you know, three hours that they were there and then we went home and I started the rest of the day. Um, and I finished the book. Amazing.
1: So you uh, were able to do it in the swim lessons. Wow.
0: Yes. Well, yes, they were, they were off in the pool and I sat in the little covered, uh, pavilion. Uh-huh. and just wrote. And were able yeah. to focus. I don't yeah. think I could do well, that. There wasn't anybody else. There really wasn't anybody else there. It's not like uh-huh. there was a, a huge group of parents. Most parents would come and they would drop their kids off. And then they, they either went back home or mm-hmm. they'd go off to work. Mm-hmm. Um, And the pool's very, I mean, it's our neighborhood pool. I, I, it's a block and a half away from me. So, you know, sometimes maybe older brother or sister was on the swim team. So they also brought their younger siblings and then they walked home after practice. Um, and really the only person around me was the team manager who was another mom and she was usually busy doing something. So it wasn't a big social uh, gotcha. and did situation. So then did you find that
1: not going home and staying there actually helped you stay focused? Because if you'd gone yeah. home, do you think you would have been like, oh, Let's do the laundry. Let's do the,
0: you know. I, yeah, I I probably would have you know been jumping. If not, I, it certainly wouldn't have been as long of a focused thing because it would have been like, oh well, I got to go get the la-, you know I'll throw in a load of laundry and then the laundry dings and you got to go get the laundry out of the thing and mm-hmm. you know or oh I really should you know get those dust bunnies off the off the ceiling or it's something. it's amazing what you can find to do when you don't want to. <laughs> um, we had a dog. We had a different dog back then. Um, so it would have been, oh, the dog wants to go out or that I got to, oh, let's take the dog for a walk or, you know, something. I don't know. I I probably would have found something to distract myself with other than writing. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then you, uh, so, so you,
1: you started your book then. Is that the Mm -hmm. book that ended up being, how old were
0: you at that point? Uh, 2011. So I would have been thirty seven. My my birthday's in the fall, mm-hmm. so I'd have been thirty seven in the spring, almost thirty eight when I finished it. Gotcha. So you I finished. I hope it. I'm doing my math right.
1: That's all right. It, what I'm happened then? sure I
0: am. Yeah. Um, I went. Well, the fall came, and I did get a contracting job. Attempt, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I did go back to work, but I then had this finished manuscript and I'm like, okay, well now what? Now I've got a finished manuscript. What do I do with it now? Um, And I just happened to read a story in a local newspaper about a group called sisters in crime. And I write mysteries and what a better name. I mean, Hey, you write mysteries, you write murder mysteries. And there's a group called writer's group called sisters in crime. This is meant to be. Yeah. Um, And they met at a local bookshop, um, in my town mystery lovers bookshop so i went down and talked to the owner and she said oh yeah sure the you know the group meets this time of the month bring come bring your manuscript come meet everybody so i went down with my, my manuscript clutched my my hands and i met all the nice ladies as part of the group and they were wonderful and i joined and we went on a retreat and i started learning and they did a critique and then i realized i didn't know jack about writing <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot more than just writing sentence after sentence after sentence. You had to pay things like, oh, I don't know, plot, uh-huh. character structure, character arcs, all these things I'd never thought of before. Um, and they taught me exactly why that first book, while it was noble that I had finished it, because a lot of people don't even finish a book. Uh Indeed, it, it is amazing. <laughs> that you... It wasn't very good. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I put it aside and and learned a little bit and spent the next x number of years going to classes and workshops and learning all the stuff that i didn't didn't know I didn't know and mm. I wrote a better book, and that one got published.
1: There you go, there you go, just stick- sticking with it,
0: Keep yes, going yes, that's probably. The first thing I learned, which is, you know, you've got to write a a darn good book, um, but the key to being successful, you don't, I mean, J.K. Rowling doesn't happen, although I can't even say J.K. Rowling because she's got a a bushel full of rejection letters for Harry Potter, Um, but the amazing success stories that you read about. That's like, oh, this 17 year old girl wrote a book and she's got a, pub, you know, she got a huge six figure contract and a publisher and a movie deal and all this stuff. Yeah, that doesn't happen very frequently. The reason it's news is because it takes most of us a really long time mm-hmm. and you've got to have a lot of persistence and not a small amount of luck. Yeah persistence Um, and nobody likes to talk about that because it's all hard work Mm -hmm. and nobody wants to talk about hard work but yeah uh, that's what you need
1: yeah is there anything you wish you had known when
0: you when you decided to uh I wish I had known how much I wish I had known how much hard work it was gonna be um what do you think you would have done if you had known that I think I just would have adjusted my expectations. Ah, uh-huh.
1: No, I just thought it would happen faster. So were you kicking, were you like getting down on yourself early on in the process? Like, like, why am I not making faster
0: progress? A little bit, a little bit, especially yeah. when... You're with a group of people and they're all signing contracts and mm-hmm. getting book deals and like you're not.
1: Mm-hmm. And you think,
0: well, why not me? And then you realize that no, because those people started working 5, 10, 15 years earlier than you did and it's just their time. Yeah. No, it's not anything wrong with
1: you. It's that whole thing of just of of comparing how long your journey takes. and to somebody else's like somebody else's uh you know you look at social media and you see where somebody oh, yeah. else is and you think yeah don't God,
0: how, yeah don't compare, don't compare your outtakes to somebody else's highlight reel uh-huh. and it's just not even close to the way it's it's supposed to be yeah so it just i it i just i really i wish i had had a better understanding of how much time it took Then I wish I had a better understanding of how much you had to do after that. Selling the book is the easy part. (laughs) Right. Do you think it would have, I mean, here's a question. Like
1: when you know how hard something is going to be, could Mm -hmm. that be something that just stops you from, from even getting started? Do you think, do you think, would you, would you have finished that first
0: book? I probably, I probably would have because I'm stubborn. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And I would have finished it. Like, I'm the type of person, if you tell me, no, you're not going to be able to do that. I'm just going to do it to prove you wrong.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I probably would have finished it anyway, because like I said, I'm stubborn and I, you know, just, I want to, I want to do it. Um, I do think, however, that for some people, it's probably better that they don't know how much hard work it is because they'll be, they'll be too intimidated and be like, oh, well, forget it. Then I can't do this. Um, so it is a lot of hard work, but if you're, if you're, if you're persistent, you know, you can, it's not impossible work.
1: Yeah. There's, it's making me think I'm going to butcher this right now, but Ira Glass has a great thing about, um, the process, the, the artist process or the creative process. Um, and he talks about how, when you get started, you're, you're never going to be happy with your Early work because your taste outstrips your abilities and your skills. Yes. And it takes yes. that time to keep honing those skills until you can catch yeah. up to what you're what you know is good work. You know? Um yeah. maybe I'll I'll try it's, to find that and put a, it in the show
0: notes because it's it's I'm yeah, there's it, another, but. there's a another author. And I can't remember her name. It might even have been Nora Roberts. But it's the same thing. It's like the first thing you go- you're you going to write is crap. Mm-hmm. And because you don't, you, you know, it just is because you don't know anything. Um, but if you keep at it, you're going to get better. You know, yeah. so don't be, don't
1: give up. Oh, yeah. You know? When I started um, photography, um, in fact, I have a, a similar situation to you, and how I even became a photographer. I was, um, oh well, I don't want to get into too long a story, but way going way back, I was an actress, and
0: um, yeah, <laughs> there's a job that takes a lot of hard work.
1: Yeah, and uh, so that's how I met my husband. We were on tour together, and then, um, you know, by about the time I got into my early 30s, I was. I was, I was kind of hitting this glass ceiling where I couldn't, Mm -hmm. like I was working regional theater and I couldn't quite push past where I was and, and age, frankly, was starting to creep in on me. I was like, you know, as an actress, you, you you got to hit it Especially as a female.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As a female
1: in particular. Um, and I always knew I wanted to have kids and, um, we were getting married. So we got married in 2002. Um, and I was already fairly disenchanted with the business mm-hmm. at that point, although it's everything I'd ever wanted to do in my life. That's all I ever wanted um so when we, then we had a kid um several years later, I ended up um we ended up having the second kid same you know yeah and, and I realized after I had my first one that, that I truly was done with doing theater at this point anyway. I just didn't have the I could never muster the kind of energy that it took in the when I was really into that career. Um, and I didn't want to anymore. And then it was like this, this massive identity crisis of, well, what then now, like, what am I going to do? Um, so about the time my little, my second boy was, uh, one, I really needed to go back to work full time. I had been doing like some part-time at home work, got a job, got a promotion, was there for about four months and it was 2008. And then I was laid off. Oh yeah. And, and the bottom fell out. Oh man. And so then I, I came home and I was like, what am I going to do? And my husband was like, just, just sleep on it. You're going to be all right. You know? Um, and I literally woke up and was like, photography, that's it. I'm, And he, I, it came out of nowhere, honestly. Yeah. And, but what I was going to go with this was that Early on, when I was when I was starting to do um, when I was starting to do sessions and started off mostly with family sessions, oh my gosh! I, I look at what I was doing and the work, how oh yeah, it just wasn't what I oh, wanted. I, you know, even was, the
0: stuff, even stuff that I got, I, I published like, was accepted, you know, the first things that got accepted were short stories, Mm -hmm. and, you know, at the time, I thought, oh, well, this is really cool, somebody wants to publish these, yeah, and even now, looking back on those, looking back at something as recent as 2016, yeah, which isn't that that far off, it's not that far back, it's, like, less than four, you know, four years, and I look at it and go, Oh, I could have done that better. Mm-hmm. That could have been better. Yeah.
1: But at the time I, I thought, Hey, that this too. is great.
0: <laughs> even With you my know, current work. St- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look at your own stuff and all you see are the flaws, but yeah, and I think the more you learn, the more what you did in the past, you can see the weaknesses of it. So mm-hmm. you might've thought it was great stuff. Even, even if you did thought it was great. I mean, you thought it was great stuff. Some of the stuff that I wrote, I, I knew as soon as I wrote it, it was really horrible. Um, but even stuff that I thought I wrote in the past that I thought was pretty good. Now I look back at it and go, Mm. oh, that's, that's good, but not as good as I thought it was. Yeah. I can do better. I can do better now. Yeah. That's probably just part of the learning process.
1: Yep. And I think part of it is just letting yourself, letting yourself go through that process. I think, I think it's really hard, especially as as we get older um, and we're probably really good at certain things in our life by Mm -hmm. now, you know, you're, you're middle-aged. There's some stuff that you're just probably badass at that you're just like, you can do it without thinking. And then all of a sudden you have to stop and have this feel like a beginner and feel like a (laughs) rube and,
0: you know. And who wants to feel like that at 40 or 45 Right. You know, you're supposed to have your stuff together by now. You're supposed uh-huh. to know what you want to do. Yeah. Well, not always. Not always. Uh,
1: what I wanted to ask you is, like, do you have any advice for somebody who may be feeling stuck right now? Um, if they, you know, somebody who's in midlife and doesn't, maybe they don't even know why they're stuck or maybe they've got a dream. Like, I loved, I was reading your bio and I saw. Mm-hmm this little bit that I just loved um this goes way back this is your long story um talking about how much you loved books from the very beginning and what a reader you oh were, yes mysteries and that yes. you didn't get the big whoa moment I love that until you read Mary Higgin Clark's Still Watch yep that book scared the pants off my 13 year old self and when I put it down I knew I wanted to do that I wanted to write and, and yes. then, and then and I wrote
0: a lot of garbage.
1: Yeah. So you did write when you were young and then life happened and then kids happened and all that stuff. So that dream for you has always been there, but it may not be there for somebody else. Like I know other friends, um, who, who don't, who still even in middle age they they've, they've got very, you know, they've got great skills. They've been working their whole adult life. They're, they're good at a lot of stuff, but they don't, they still don't have a passion project, but they know something's missing. Like,
0: what do you think? I would say, don't, I mean, I love C.S. Lewis said, you're never too old to dream another dream. And I think that's mm-hmm. really true. And I think it happens for everybody at a different time in their life. Um, And some people, it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, there's a lot of writers out there who you ask them, when did you know you wanted to be a writer? And it's like, well, when I first picked up a fat crayon. Um, But there are other people, I think, who didn't know until they were 40 or, you know, 45. And I think it's not terrible if you don't know what that dream is until you're older. Um, and I think C. S. Lewis is probably right. And maybe you've got a different dream when you're younger. I think what you have to do is stay open to finding that new dream. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, you have to leave yourself open to the possibility that there is something wonderful out there. And but if you tell yourself, I'm X age, I'm 35, I'm 40, I'm 45, or I'm 50, or you know, whatever, I'm too old. Mm-hmm then you risk shutting yourself down.
1: Yeah. I was certainly that, lost from for like um from about the time I was 35 when I had my first kiddo until until that aha moment of becoming a photographer really struck me um when I was about 40 and yeah for 5 years I
0: Really was like, What's next? I don't yeah know. i th- and and that's okay, and I think so much of society wants us to have it figured out by the i mean mhm, they want us to have it figured out by the time we're eighteen, mhm, mhm, you know i I watch my kids and my and my kids were you know they're like, Well, I don't know, you know, my son is seventeen, he'll be eighteen in July. And he finally decided, you know, it took him a long, it took him a while to decide he wanted to go to college. And it took him a while to decide what he might be interested in pursuing Mm -hmm. there. And I said, that's so. And he, for a while, he was like, I just feel, mom, I just feel like I should have this figured out. You know, my friends have this figured out. And I said, why would you have this figured out? Mm -hmm. I don't always even have it figured out. And I'm a lot older than you are. (laughs) Oh my gosh, the pressure we put on ourselves, right? Yeah, you don't need to have it all figured out by any age because you'll always you know there's always a po- as long as you stay open to the possibility um, I'm reminded I forget exactly how old I was but my my kids were doing taekwondo and I always went and I just sort of hung out in the parents room or on the wall parents wall and just watched and one day one of the instructors said to me have you ever thought of training I'm like, no, I'm in my late, I, I wish, I'm sure I was in my late thirties at least. I'm, and I'm like, and I, I had, a, I've got a bum knee and I thought I, and you know, probably, and I'm like, I'm too old and too feeble, <laughs> too broken to do this. You don't want to train me. And he was like, no, absolutely. Come on and do it. Um, so I said, okay, fine. And I, I thought for sure I would, he, you know, by the end of the first 30 days, he'd be like, you know what, you're right. This is not for you. <laughs> um, and I wound up earning a second degree black belt. Shut up. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. It's upstairs. I mean, eventually my knee problems got too much for me to handle the more advanced moves. Yeah. Plus the the higher you get, like they want you to start becoming, you know, thinking about becoming an instructor and stuff like that. And I didn't want to go down that path. Yeah. Um. But yeah, upstairs on my little, little shelf, wow. is a second, you know, my secondary black belt. And I do, I tell way. people that and they're like, oh yeah, I'm a secondary black belt. And they will be like, get out of here. I'm like, yeah. When did you start training? I'm like when I was 38 or whatever it was.
1: Amazing. You go. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, it, again, awesome. it's like how you're not too old. And the thing is, is that I would then read and they had a magazine that you would get every month. And you would read about people in their 70s, earning their black belt. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, I was just talking
0: to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, they, they would start training in their late 60s or 70s. And it's like, okay, well, clearly you're not old enough. You're not too old. Do you, and I guess think, you're just, you're never too old. Yeah. C.S. Do, do you think
1: old. that, um, I that just is really interesting. I just had a conversation with somebody else, um, uh, t- talking about the, the tie in of, of doing something that's a, a challenge like that. That you're not sure you're capable of, that takes you totally out of your comfort zone, physically. Um, how much do you think that your your journey of working towards a black belt? How much do you think it affected your writing process and the confidence? Oh, it's, it! I'm sure it did.
0: Uh-huh. I'm sure it did. It, and and I, I mean the the thing about training in martial arts and it was like if i can do this thing that i'm not very physically suited for um then i can sit with a computer and write a story and yeah. the my instructors that were very supportive of everything they were great you know their students whether they were little kids or whether they were you know adults um they they were very supportive of of other things you wanted to do. Um, yeah. So they really, they cheered me on and said, yeah, absolutely, you can do this. How cool. If you can earn a black belt. You can do anything you want.
1: Yeah. It's funny how one a shift in one part of your life can affect so many other parts of your life. You know? Yeah. A change of habit can, um, you know, just changing one little thing can really trigger your confidence level in other areas. Interesting. Very cool. Well, what's coming up for you next?
0: Next. Oh, next. So, um, on August I will release the third book in my Laurel Highlands mystery series is titled broken trust and that will fulfill. Pardon me? Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll release that book. So I'm working on all of the pre publication stuff mm-hmm. the editing and the cover art, and you know, all the rest of it. Um, and while that's going on, I am also writing the second book in my Homefront Mysteries series, the historical, um, which will come out in February of 2021. And that book is called The Stories We Tell.
1: Nice. And uh, so the, so, where can people um, find you? And I'm going to put some stuff in the show notes here that we're talking about. But.
0: Um, Amazon, even though Amazon is not shipping anything very quickly these days, mm-hmm. um, you can absolutely find me on Amazon. Just search for Liz Milliron, mm-hmm. M-I-L-L-I-R-O-N. And all my books will come up. Um, they'll get a listing and if you have a local independent bookstore i'm always a fan of supporting your local indies if you have a local independent bookstore and they order through the ingram distributor um they can special order any of my books very cool um the press is too small Uh, books there's there's a lot of black magic and how books get into bookstores but um (laughs) and small presses often just don't have the money or resources to do that uh, but you can definitely order them. You uh, tell your bookstore, Hey, you know, I heard this author on this podcast and I want to order her books.
1: Well, that's and can absolutely. Cool. That. I'll make sure to put that in the notes as well. Um, yeah. and your website is lizmilliron.com, correct? Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much
0: for being here with absolutely. me to talk about all this today.
1: Pretty it cool was story. fun.
0: Yeah, me too. See, and this is another thing that just you're breaking out of your comfort zone. I would not have wanted to do this a year ago. Uh It was intimidating. Like the whole idea of being interviewed and no, just no. I could do a print interview, but not a vocal interview. Yeah. And didn't you tell me when we talked last time on camera?
1: I think you mentioned to me that you did your first, uh, live Facebook. I did
0: my first Instagram. I did my first Instagram live. Wow. Um, with Sarah Dahman, who is another, uh, author, her book, uh, she launched a nonfiction book called iron, copper, and clay. Um, it's really an exploration of cookware and recipes and the whole history of that. And we did a tie in with, I, I, cause I'd written a historical novel. Uh uh-huh. Um, but I was actually live on camera and we, she and I talked for almost an hour and 15 minutes. Um, so, but the whole idea of being on camera and people seeing my face yeah. and hearing my voice, I was like, Ugh, yes. I'll occasionally do, do
1: videos um, like little photo tips and things like that. But I tell you, I am completely, completely freaked out by doing live. <laughs>
0: No, it was really fun. It was kind of like this. It was, you know, like it wasn't very, we had, a, we had some notes to keep us on, on track, but uh-huh. it was very spontaneous and very casual. And you know, when you do a live video, it does it's not the same as going into like a TV studio to do a, a video sure. shoot. That's got to yeah. be very polished and this doesn't need to be that polished at all.
1: Yeah. It does take the heat off. In we that, did it on either, our phones. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were using our
0: phones, and and it was great.
1: Yeah, amazing. And that's amazing. That's what's amazing about like right now. Um, because we're in shutdown, I think everybody's expectations around production value have completely changed. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Because you know you've got broadcasters broadcasting from home
0: now and and everybody is. You have I mean, yeah, you've got that, but I mean and you look at the popularity of places like YouTube or TikTok, those are not high production value Mm -mm. things. Facebook Lives, Instagram Live. I think people just they just want to be entertained and they want to see somebody's face, somebody Mm -hmm. who they don't see every day. And it's really cool.
1: Yeah and and all the more so i think if people um are have like a, an authenticity about them that's that that's what yeah. i think tends to yep. to really hit the road Absolutely. you know yeah very yep. cool uh, so don't be afraid do those do those photography tips i am gonna i'm gonna push myself very soon she says noncommittally <laughs> to, to doing <laughs> doing something live I know how that works too calling myself out right now Uh, there you go there's always a new thing to do to push the boundaries absolutely cool very cool Um, thanks again absolutely Well, there you have it I have to say I think my big takeaway from this conversation was in noticing where I limit myself I was really surprised and inspired to learn that Liz had started Taekwondo so late and managed to earn a second-degree black belt, even though she didn't think she could physically do it. She did it anyway. I'm going to keep thinking about where I'm holding back from doing something based on my limiting beliefs about myself. And maybe we can all take a little time to notice that this week. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, and before I go, next week, I'm talking to Karen Elders. Um, She took the familiar path of giving up her career for a while to stay home with her kids, then going back to work and trying to balance mom life with keeping up with her career. Now that her kids are older and a couple are in college, she just opened her own business, helping recent college grads navigate their early career path. Very cool. By the way, if you enjoyed this, please leave a rating and maybe a review wherever you listen to your podcasts or share this with a friend who could use a little inspiration. I hope you have a fantastic week. Talk soon. Adios.